0: Uh, um, Today I'm going to be preaching or sharing something that's really on my heart that I feel like God's really doing in this you know this time and uh, Dave told me you know he asked me to preach like three four weeks ago and the whole time I was just thinking what am I going to share on what am I going to share on what am I going to share on until literally like three days ago that I really just felt God saying like it's talk about identity like let's let's really dig in there let's go deep and talk about identity so um, that's what i'm going to be sharing about today and i'm um i haven't timed this but i i'm going to try to keep it short though um yeah so for a very long time i mean if you've grown up in christian circles or if you if you sort of very familiar with the church like for a very long time, people have been praying for, for revival, you know. And Tuesday, people really pray and, and cry out to God for revival, revival, you know. They want, like, um, people really want, like, another Azusa Street revival, you know. Like, Smith Wigglesworth stories, the things that used to happen and whatnot. Uh, and... That's good, but I, I really feel like there's a revival that God's doing in this day and age, and that God's doing in this time, and um, it looks a little bit different, you know. It's a work of the Spirit, and this revival is all about us awakening to our identity, you know. It's an inward awakening to who we are. So, it's, it's, a, it's, a, it's a revival from the inside out. Um, and I really want to touch on that and and what I believe that God desires or what God wants to do at the moment is, or in this season is he wants us to find our identity in Christ uh, literally Um, and and what he's doing is he's breaking off all those false and inferior identities and all those false and inferior ideas that we attach to ourselves and that, that we define ourselves by all right, so I'm gonna share a little story. Like wh- when I was in high school, um, I moved to a high school called um, MCC um, um, around about grade nine, right? And there was this guy who was called Mark, and this guy was literally the perfect student. Like you couldn't find anything wrong with this guy. Everything this guy did just seemed to be right. Like he was always on time to class. Like he always did his assignments. Like he always, you know, he was always neat and tidy. He always had his socks pulled up, and like he was the kind of student who just like pick up litter for no reason. Like, you know, just walk around school. Hey, Mark, what are you doing? I'm just picking up litter. Like, literally, he used to do that. Uh, and when I moved, uh, one of my first classes at school, I sat next to this guy. We used to have those desks where two people sit together. So I sat next to this guy, and I remember thinking, shucks, like I wanna be just like this guy. Like he. He had a diary. I even bought a diary because of him, because he had a diary where he always used to jot his goals and his dreams and like uh, where the class, the next class was. He always knew where the next class was, and you know. uh, So what happened? What started to happen is teachers used to really make an example out of him. Like they used to say, "Guys, can you just be like Mark? Like, like look at Mark. Go to Mark and like, you know, uh, why can't you just be neat like Mark? You know, I'm sure we all have that, a guy like that." And in our high school, there was something called the Eagle Badge, right? It was like the highest honor in to get in our school, because like our mascot was an eagle, and so you get like an Eagle Badge, just like a blue badge. Um, And each letter of Eagle stood for something, so it was like acronyms. So it was um, E was exemplary conduct, alert. That was A. G is groomed. L is light shining. E is erect posture. It's like the lamest thing, but we all wanted it. Like, if you got the Eagle badge, we were like, what? And in a school of like 600 people, only three kids had the Eagle badge. And he was one of them. Um, but uh, what happened? And so he was like such a great guy. He still is. In fact, he became the head boy. So, uh, uh, and he was, he, he became like the, the minister for province. For the junior parliament, so you get the kind of guy I talk about. Yeah. So, anyways, like he, what, what began to happen is a lot of students started like not liking him because he sort of represented for them like this standard or this example that was like too high to get. You know, like he was that that constant reminder of where they fall short and constant reminder of what they can't attain. Right. Um and i'm sharing this story because a lot of us well i can speak for myself have related to jesus in this way you know um, we have traditionally seen jesus or understood jesus as some sort of example that's out there of what we ought to become like you know um, that he's like that role model that's over there you know jesus is the perfect son and, and we need to become like more and more like jesus right Uh, and the goal is to become closer and closer to that image and more and more like that right Um, and to some extent there is truth in that but it does not like that right um and and i'm going to explain that uh but the whole idea is always to be like how do you measure your progress as a christian is like you compare yourself to jesus right like uh how's my kindness how's my humility how's my generosity and and if that's not on point then it's too much of the flesh like you need to spend more time in the word and you need to spend more time in like prayer or whatever and, and then you become like more and more like Jesus right uh, and so what you have is like Jesus there we're here and there's a disconnect that we are responsible for covering like that we have to bridge for the rest of our lives right uh, and I definitely had that mentality like I definitely struggled with that like there's there's a lot of things that i i really did sincerely that you know i just wanted to be like jesus you know i want to be like christ um and and so like i spent a lot of time prayer and worship and fasting and all of that and just like lord i just want to be like you in fact my favorite song was that song uh by a very popular band doesn't matter but that goes like jesus all i want is to be like you like all I want is to be like you. Like, that was my favorite song for like a year straight. Uh, and by the way, just a quick disclaimer I'm not against like prayer and fasting and worship. Obviously, these are important things. What I'm trying to address is a, is a certain mentality uh, that these are the things that we implement as disciplines to become something, right? Uh, in a very like sort of exhausting Process. Like it, it really does feel you leave you exhausted, and 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 sometimes unfulfilled because you're constantly failing, right? Uh, and and I do think you know that there is a becoming process, but I'm going to explain that. Uh, yeah, but I want to share this revelation that God really began to show me a few years ago, and just completely completely changed my life like completely changed how i related to god and completely changed like how i saw the father and how i saw myself um and it's it really comes down to this that you know the gospel has never really been about looking at jesus and seeing this example of you know what i can one day become if i do the right things you know the gospel has always been about looking at jesus right and seeing that he actually reveals something about who i am you know in this moment he reveals the truth about who i am right now uh you know that jesus didn't come as some sort of far example of what we can become if we do the right things that he came as an example that reveals or communicates a truth about us um, um, yeah but it's it's not about it's not about uh, uh, a revelation of seeing Jesus and how do I get there you know what do I do to get there um, but it's actually discovery of Christ in you right Um and the language of the gospel is not a language of striving and becoming and doing. It's actually a language of rest and a language of discovery and, and adventure. Um, and doing things from a source of a, a very grounded and steady you know, foundation of who you are. Cool, so I'm just going to read a scripture here. Because um, obviously you've got to prove that you're not making stuff up i'm joking uh but yeah i want to read the scripture that i love it's one of my favorite verses um it's in second corinthians 3 verse 14 it says but their minds were blinded for to this day at the reading of the old covenant the same veil remains because only in christ is it taken away but to this day when moses is read a veil covers their hearts But whenever one turns to the Lord, that veil is taken away. Now the Spirit of the Lord is freedom. I mean, now the Lord is the Spirit, and where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. Right? And then there's verse 18, which I love, and it says, But we all, with unveiled face, are beholding as in a mirror the glory of the Lord, and are being transformed into the same image from glory to glory right uh so before i I explain that i just want to explain the context that that's happening there right so what paul is saying is he's talking about um, the old covenant or wherever when he says where where moses was read he's talking about the old covenant that wherever the old covenant was read or, or taught or preached there was a veil that, covers, that covered people's eyes and people's hearts, and they were blinded, right? Uh, and what the Old Covenant represents is the law of your works, your, the law of striving, the, the law of performance, you know? The law that says you are what you do. You know, you are justified before God by your performance and your actions, right? That, that essentially is what the law is. You want to be right before God, do X, Y, Z, right? Um and wherever that message was preached even says to this day where that message is preached a veil covers people's eyes um, and what it means is this this message and this truth that's in jesus right but when we're preaching like law performance do this and that to be right before god to be accepted by god or whatever um th- we're missing the point and it sort of blinds us right uh, and then he comes to that verse and he says, But, right, we with unveiled faces are beholding as in a mirror the glory of the Lord and are transformed into the same image from glory to glory. Right, so uh, just to explain, can I just have two quick volunteers? Ash, Rich, too. yeah, totally. You're the first people I saw. I don't have a mirror but let's pretend this is a mirror right so you guys could just stand here all right? and you can ash you can hold that up rich you can face her right let's let's just all pretend that that's a mirror right um, when you look in the mirror what do you see right what do you see yeah you see a reflection of yourself right when you look at the point of a mirror when you go to the mirror in the morning and and you you look in the mirror what the mirror reflects is yourself right you don't go to a mirror to see a future version of yourself you know you don't go to the mirror to see something you can become like you go to the mirror to see an instant immediate reflection or communication of who you are right so now I'll take this right now let's take away the mirror and let's pretend that ash is Jesus right and this is rich now The scripture is saying we behold Christ as in a mirror, right? We with unveiled faces, because we're not listening to that old covenant stuff that's telling us what we need to do, so we're not listening to that. With unveiled faces, are beholding Christ as in a mirror. You guys can sit down. Yeah. (laughs) So I don't want you listening to the sermon from there. Yeah. So. What the scripture is communicating That we're looking into Jesus To discover our identity To discover who we are um, And if you, It's even more powerful Even more amazing Like If you actually go and check the Greek meanings of this word um, Like For example The word glass there well, Some translations already have it as mirror But what it literally means is To reflect right? Uh, to look at oneself Or to behold oneself right and the word for glory like when we hear the word glory we like almost traditionally think light and splendor and whatnot right glory but that word the primary definition of that word if you check the root word as well is actually an opinion right so it's an opinion or an estimate or a judgment of someone right so if we're reading that verse like Checking that that meaning what it's literally saying is we behold the opinion the judgment the 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 thoughts of god right for christ as if it were in a mirror all right and we are transformed from glory to glory we are transformed from that lowly opinion and judgment that we have from ourselves to a superior Judgment and understanding and opinion, right? Until we are convinced that what is in Christ is in us. You know, what is what what God thinks and believes and sees in Christ is what He thinks and believes and sees in us. Uh, So I love what he says in the mirror translation. Um, Here's how he translates that verse, really brings those words out. And he says, In gazing with wonder at the loveliness of God displayed in human form, right? He's talking about Jesus we suddenly realize that we are looking in a mirror where every feature of his image articulated in christ is reflected in us the spirit of the lord engineers this radical transformation and we are led from an inferior mindset to a revealed endorsement of our authentic identity you know, so the question is: When you look at Jesus, what do you see? You know, what do you see when you look at Jesus? Uh, you see the fullness of sonship. You know, Jesus was the son of the father, and you see that fullness of sonship. And guess what? You have that fullness of sonship. You know, uh, you look at Jesus and you see that love that the father had for the son. You know, um, and all of us were probably convinced, you know, the father loved the son that is the love that the father has for you as well you know you look at jesus and you see his victory over sin and death right Uh, and you are included in that victory over sin and death so the message has never really been about striving to become like christ the message has always been about looking at jesus and discovering christ you know within you you know that there is a message that Christ reveals and communicates about you. He is literally God's word about you. Um, you know, even Paul says in Galatians 1.15, he says, When it pleased the Father to reveal his Son in me, that I might preach the gospel. Or Christ in me, the hope of glory. You know. Um, so, it, it's, it sort of makes... Um, Sense that part about Moses that if we're not seeing Christ in us if we're preoccupied with this becoming mindset of I need to strive to become like Christ I need to do x y and z if I apply these disciplines I'll become like Christ we miss the message like we miss the point right um, and there's nothing as tiresome as chasing something that's already yours you know and there's nothing as chi- uh, tiresome as chasing something that's right in front of you uh, and what God wants is for us to discover this identity and just rest, you know, to enter a rest, knowing that your identity is settled. Um, and that everything that we do as, as children of God, whether you're going on mission trips, whether it's a career or whatever, everything flows from this place of rest, you know. Um, yeah, so I'm just going to quickly give more scriptures. Uh, and then i'm going to speak a little bit about how does how does that look like practically like how do that apply that daily and just sharing a little bit about my story as well Um, so uh, how many of us believe that god the father loved the son like how many of us believe that that's so easy to believe right you know what it says in john 17 verse 23 it's jesus praying and he says that father they may know that you have loved them as you have loved me you know the same love that the father because it's so easy to believe like oh of course the father loved the son right but the same love that the father had for the son right is the same love that god has for you you know god the father has for you Like, we don't get some sort of B-grade, watered-down love for the human beings, you know. And Jesus got, like, the special one. He came to reveal that that love that he has for for Christ, we fully participate in that. Um, Yeah. um, And that the love that exists within the Trinity, that love that's between Father, Son, and Spirit, and Spirit, and Father, and Son... That love has literally been extended to us for us to participate in that. Uh, and um, how many of us believe that the father approved the son, approved of the son or was pleased with the son? You know? We all believe that. You know, you know, Jesus, the father obviously approved of the son, you know, he was pleased with him. In fact when jesus gets baptized in matthew 3 a voice comes up and says this is my son you know whom i love in whom i'm well pleased like this is before jesus has even lifted a finger he hasn't even gone into ministry yet he's just been like you know chilling around going to weddings and whatnot Um, and now there's an affirmation from the father that's got nothing to do with his performance or anything he's done you know and the affirmation and approval of the Father is his starting point. You know, it's not a destination, it's his starting point. And guess what? That's the truth for us as well. You know? Our affirmation from God is not based on what we do. Uh, uh, Paul says in Romans, Romans 3 that no one will be declared righteous by observing the law. You know? Colossians 2, no one is justified by their works. But you see in Romans, it says that all are freely justified by the redemption that came through Christ. So, you know, it's like free approval, free affirmation. It's the starting point. Um, last one. How many of us believe that Jesus was victorious on the cross, that he conquered sin and death? You know? Um, well, guess what? Everything about that victory, everything about Jesus conquering sin and death, is is you are included in that picture everything about that relates to you you know um and a lot of us have been exposed when i say a lot of us i am speak about me personally maybe your journey is different but a lot of us have been exposed to a sort of message that would say something along the lines of you know jesus went on the cross in my place you know jesus went on the cross instead of me you know it was supposed to be me uh, but jesus went on the cross in my place um And that substitution language of, in my place, actually robs the power of the cross. And it's not even what Paul preached, you know. What Paul preached is, everything that's happening on that cross is happening to you too. You know, you're actually included in that. So if you, like, read Romans 6, for example, it says that uh, we were crucified with Christ. So Jesus is crucified, and it says, for our old natures were crucified with him, you know. uh, Jesus was buried. Paul says we were buried with him. You know, Jesus died. Paul says, we're convinced of this, if one died, all died. Um, Jesus rises from the dead, you know, and he sits at the right hand of the Father. And what does that mean? Um, It literally means that Jesus sits with, within full proximity of the Father, with full access, you know, in the Trinity. And that is literally the reality for us as well. We have full access, full proximity. You know, full, we, we're fully grafted into the Father, Son, and Spirit. And we have full access to His presence. And there is no distance and there is no separation. Um, I wrote here, the Father, Son, and Spirit are fully accessible and available to you because they are in you and you are in them. Um, you know scriptures say we're seated together with Christ in heavenly places so there's there's a lot of this right um, and I'm just trying to wrap this up but the question is actually how do we apply all of this like information to our life or how does it look like practically like how, how do I apply this daily uh, and what I'm trying to say is Jesus is so much more than just a mere reference and a mere example of what we can become. You know, the intention was never, here's Jesus, you know, guys be like him and the world will be okay, peace, I'm out, you know, figure it out. That, that, that was never the intention. There is, there is a truth and there is a word that Jesus Christ comes to communicate about us, you know, that he reveals about us, that when we look at it, you know, we, we discover that truth. If you look into the eyes of Jesus, there, there's something he has to say about you. There's something he communicates to you. And that is that you're a son and you're a daughter of God. You, know? you are the image and likeness of the Father. You are eternally loved. You are eternally embraced. Eternally grafted into the Godhead, into the Trinity. You know... That he is in you and you are in him. Um, And the point is this uh, when I started about this, I said there's a revival that God's doing where he's awakening us to identity, you know, to who we truly are. And the point is this what Jesus communicates and reveals about us is the truest, most authentic, most reliable reference of who we are you know in a world where we can literally be defined by everything you know by anything in a world that's constantly throwing labels at us you're this you're that you can become this you can become that in a world that you know that's that that you can be defined by your career your job your financial position your bank balance your gender your achievements your failure to achieve certain achievements you know um, Christ literally becomes the most authentic, most real reference for ourselves for who we are. Jesus is the answer to humanity 's identity crisis. You know, he is the answer to that question because everybody walks around with that question, Who am I? you know like what defines me? He literally comes in the middle of a chaotic world you know where everything is flying around, and nothing is constant, a world full of Uncertainties, you know, um, where, where things are flying around and we're just trying to grab, like, who am I? Just give me something, you know. He comes and he meets that need at the deepest level, you know, uh, and he comes and, and he defines us at the very deepest level. And this is what he reveals that you're not what you do, you know, you are not what you do, you're not your achievements, you're not your failures you know you're not your addictions that you struggle with you are not your you're not for some people we get defined by experiences we had you know something happened to you when you were young and that thing haunts you it's constantly speaking something to you and that becomes a voice of identity you know um uh, maybe our relationship with our parents and some, not receiving affirmation are you always second guessing yourself Literally, the list is endless. You can be defined by literally anything in this world, and that's why a lot of us really struggle. Because like everything is like shifting, and it can even be a good thing. Like you can be, you can be, say you're a doctor, right? And you are, you are really good at what you do, and you walk around and you, you derive a sense of man, like I'm, I'm good at what I do, you know? But the, the problem with being defined by something like that is. When you have a good day, you're up. When you have a bad day, you're down. Because you're defined by this thing that's constantly shifting, constantly shaking, um, and and that's what Christ's come to set us free from—to give us a really true understanding of who we are, you know, um, and that we are not defined by the external things that happen around us, you know. Um, one of my favorite verses is second corinthians 5 where jesus says therefore we know no man by external appearance we know no man by outward appearance because whatever's outside doesn't define you you know Um, another scripture says there is neither jew nor gentile slave nor free um, um, male nor female literally it says that Uh, and what he's talking about there is like you're not defined by what's on the outside of you you know, um, yeah. Um, so we are the image and likeness of the Father. You know, we are loved with a furious and an intense love. You know, um, we are approved, and He is pleased with us. He finds pleasure and delight in us. Because of our sonship, not because of what we do. You know, just like you enjoy your child because they came from you. You know, um, they can do stuff that makes you happy, but ultimately, the reason you enjoy them is because they're your offspring. They come from you, um, and that's what it's like with the father. And any identity that we latch onto, other than that, is inferior. Like, even if it's like a good one, you know, any identity that we we hold on for ourselves that isn't Christ is, is actually settling for less. And eventually, eventually will make you sort of crumble or will fail. The foundations of that will fail. And what Holy Spirit is doing in this time is he's really bringing back that foundation that we are strongly defined by our sonship you know um and that we enter a rest from that because it brings you an incredible amount of rest uh and that's something i've struggled with i work with a lot of guys like trusky and jason and gaz and whatnot uh, it's a constant struggle i mean i've always struggled with like identifying with my achievements you know um so, when, I'm ach- when I feel like I'm achieving a lot of stuff, like I feel good about myself or like I walk with my chest high, you know, doing well, man. Boy's doing well. But um, when things are going bad, that's the problem. It's like, oh, like, it crumbles, you know? Um, I mean, I, I went to a high school, right? So, uh, my parents my, my sent me to a really strict high school for like two years. Um, and they just wanted us to learn a sense of responsibility. But this high school used to do this thing where at the end of the semester, they announced the top 10 students in a stream and they announced the bottom five students. <laughs> and you had to stand up, like, in front of the whole school, like, this is the top 10, blah, blah, Because they were so academically driven and they're like, they're like if, you, if you're in the bottom five next semester, you're not going to want to stand up, so you're going to work hard. Anyway, so I've always had this sense and this, like, being terrified of, like, Jeez, I don't want to be average. Like, I I need to achieve. Um, I'm not saying the school did that. Like, that was already there, and that school pretty much perpetuated that. And even going to university, like my grades, like I'm just being defined. I want to do well in class. Um, And and even even creeps up when you like in business. Like, when you're doing well in business, like you feel good, right? Feeling good is, like, not a bad thing. Of course you feel good when things are going well, right? That's normal. It's identity. Like, if that's your identity, that becomes a problem. Um, and and there was a time when, like, I literally struggled. Because, as you know, for most of us, or most of the people done businesses, it's really d- difficult in the beginning. And it's really, like, inconsistent sometimes. And just constantly finding myself feeling down. Like, oh, my goodness. Like, workers are calling you. Like... Is there any work for us? And you're like, no, 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 there's gonna be work soon and your phone hasn't like buzzed in days, you know, and it's like this constant like up and down and it's like you like and then I, I like I just started speaking to God, like why is this this roller coaster? Is it possible to attain a consistency regardless of what's around you? And that's exactly what Holy Spirit wants us wants to do. You know. And and He wants to free us from that exhaustion of of over identifying or, or finding identity in inferior things and bring us into fullness of sonship um, and um, yeah, I want to end now, but I want to share the story. I' scratched it out, but I want to share it um, when I was in, when I was in high school, like back in my hectic fundamental days, there's this guy who came to us and he said to us, um, and the reason I'm telling the story is to when I say like doing things out of the rest of sonship. I want to give an example of what that means. So this guy came to us and he's like, um, he's like, you got to preach to one soul a day, you know. People are are going to hell. People are dying without knowing Jesus. You can't go to bed until you've preached to one soul a day, you know. And I remember, like, walking away from there feeling terrified, like, shucks! Like, I need to preach to at least one person a day, you know. Uh, And and obviously like it was really based in some sort of like reward system of a feeling good like um let's get people you know mm-hmm. so now like you're meeting someone are you saved brother uh, you know just pray this prayer I believe in my heart like the Lord's my savior blah 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 and, like 10 seconds you're done <laughs> okay we got one you know um and it's like a hit and run evangelism a hit and run Christianity um but when i really began to understand and god started doing this work of sonship in me you know understanding my value understanding my identity understanding how he sees me my approach to preaching the gospel and and you know communicating to people about jesus completely changed because first and foremost i'm not coming to sort of hit and run get you in you know that's me projecting my fears onto you but what happens is you, you're so at rest and so anchored in, in your identity and who you are in Christ. And all of a sudden, that frees up so much capacity because you're no longer like just, just looking at yourself and, you know, but you enter a rest and it frees up so much capacity. All of a sudden, now, you can actually raise your head and, like, look at people and, and you look at them and what you see is value, you know. Like, you see, shucks, there are people out there who are loved with a furious intense love you know who who are the image and likeness of god and they don't even know it you know and so now the motivation isn't i need to capture one the motivation is shucks there's this good news you know do you know about it do you have a clue and it's not necessarily preaching on a pulpit like it's funny, the opportunities just start presenting themselves, like, I have preached to people, I hate using the word preached, I have had discussions with people about Jesus and uh, more by accident when I wasn't trying, than I did back when I was trying to reach one a day, you know and it comes from this effortless place of rest, like, my brother who we never speak about God with would come to me and he'd be like, hey, what do you think about this, I'm really struggling with this um, and immediately, like there's a, there's an excitement to be like, hey bro, do you know do you know how loved you are? Do you know that God is you know is pleased with who you are? Um, yeah. So that's that. Um, and just want to pray for us quickly because I really believe this is something that it's uh, something that's very much on an individual level. I feel like what God's doing in this time is he wants to set us free from every inferior definition of ourselves that we have settled for. Like every inferior reference and every inferior voice, you know, that communicates to us who we are that isn't true. Um, Yeah, so I'm just going to ask us to close our eyes quickly. Just take a deep breath in and a deep breath out. And just allow Holy Spirit to show you those areas, those voices where you derive your sense of identity and your sense of value and your sense of being and your sense of importance and I ask Holy Spirit to reveal to you if this is relevant for you, what experience or, or what thing do you have that, or have you experienced that communicates to you that's constantly haunting you and constantly telling you who you are? Is it finances? Is it. career, whatever it is. And as you think of these things, just take a deep breath in and a deep breath out. (sighs) Thank you Holy Spirit that you are setting us free from every lie and every every inferior counterfeit identity that we hold on to even if it feels good for some time thank you Holy Spirit that you are allowing us to be defined by an even deeper even truer revelation even deeper even truer truth That is our sonship, our belongingness, our value, our redemption revealed in you, Jesus.